1: had the countdown going again (laughs) in my in my headphones sorry about that uh welcome to the guilty Charge podcast everybody coming to you live on a saturday morning with my guy tyler tyler what's up man how you doing today
2: you know i don't know man I, i had a great back to school night that was awesome um that was the highlight of my week i'm hoping for another one tomorrow but i don't know man i'm feeling this uncertainty this uneasiness this this vibe among the fans and even myself just like I, I don't know and and so far as i told you right before the show i haven't picked if the chargers are going to win or not i have not decided yet i'll see how the show goes and see how i'm feeling but chat how do you feel what are we uh what are we doing oh yes also alex i did see that pat mcafee picked Rutgers to beat michigan um i doubt it but good luck man.
1: <laughs> michigan's really good man michigan is really really good um, but yeah, let us know in the chat how you guys are feeling about this game. I know there's been a, a lot of uh, negativity on social media and, and such about this game, about the way the season has gone thus far. But uh, let us know how you're feeling about this game. Um, as we do every single week, we'll kind of wrap up our coverage about this uh, Chargers matchup, uh, obviously getting the Minnesota Vikings. Um, we'll have some injury news and things to discuss um, we'll make our picks, including our prize picks of the week, and then we'll uh, spend the last half hour or so uh, taking some questions from you guys. So um, it should be a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys have some good questions for us today. Um, as always, the Super Chats are appreciated later in the show. Um, all right, so Chargers injury report, um, it, it it seems like Dan Henley and Chris Rumpf are going to play after practicing in full the last two days. We kind of talked about that the other day but um joey Bosa's situation he's been he was limited in practice twice this week officially he did not practice on thursday um joey said he's playing and and uh brandon Staley, excuse me uh mentioned that they're going to head into this game with a similar plan as last week depending on how exactly joey is feeling so tyler what do you we, we also have to talk about the the vikings offensive tackle situation because christian derisaw is going to be playing which it didn't seem like he was going to be playing on thursday he's officially uh i think dubbed as questionable but sounds like he's going to play so um with joey kind of limited derisaw back how are you feeling about the chargers pass rush this week tyler
2: if i didn't see what we saw from Tuli last week i'd feel a bit more concerned and for what's worth from joey last week as well and limited but yeah. that seemed to work that that was a 30 percent half the snaps joey and more so Tuli that combination worked. Christian Darrisaw a lot better than Andre Delards so that's a very very different situation there. Um it's really not just Darrisaw being off the injury report, it's also Bradbury being listed as questionable and looking like he's going to play. It's kind of a bummer that the whole, I, I thought maybe one of those guys or even both would be out, but both are looking to be in, which is unfortunate. So as far as the Chargers edge rusher situation, I feel okay there. Um pretty solid there actually especially because of Thule but at the same time it's it's a bummer because they're not facing Darasaw, who was another player from the 2021 class at tackle who made the top 10 ESPN uh this year with Slater and Sewell so he's a good tackle I don't know how good he'll be coming off of an injury but he's a good tackle and Thule's up for a challenge
1: yeah I know Vikings fans are, are very very thrilled with what Christian Deresaw has become um you know i don't think he's the same kind of player as, as slater like you mentioned but um still very very good and the league needs more very good young t- young offensive tackles and it seems like he's you know that next in line so this is a game where even with garrett bradbury playing i feel like you have to kind of funnel things towards the middle um because christian derisaw brian O'Neill, um, neither player are elites but they're still they're both very good players at their respective positions um, so this is a game where if you're going to create pressure, you need a big Morgan Fox game. You need to up the middle. Um, maybe you get a couple pressures from the combination of Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph day. That'd be fun. Uh, ideally not getting a, uh, a late hit penalty would be great. Um, but we saw Kenneth Murray have two quarterback hits last week as well as a blitzer. Um, maybe Dan Henley, they use him a little bit more. So, that's kind of where I'm funneling the the pass rushes is, is doing a lot of stunts and twists, blitzes up the middle. Let's test that Minnesota Vikings interior, which even with Garrett Bradbury potentially back is 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 pretty clearly the the wink link of the offensive line. Um, I didn't see if Dalton Reisner is going to be starting. I'm pretty sure he's going to be active, but uh, it's going to be a pretty good situation for the Chargers interior pass rush and uh, hopefully you get a big day from morgan fox and company
2: my dog's just going off in the background (laughs) um yeah i think i on thursday we discussed like okay where's henley gonna play like okay but i thought that he would be behind neiman and amen and i think he will be but this does feel like a game with the vikings rushing offense not being all that great where i feel like you could give henley that run and see what he's got depends on the injury like i know he's you know, full, but is he really a hundred percent? Who knows? So I think that it would be a good spot to put him in. Like you said, attack the interior, um, use him in coverage. Like if he can do anything else, it's blitz and cover. And I think against the Vikings, that's really all you need right now. You're not stopping prime Dalvin cook or, you know, Adrian Peterson back in the day. So I, I think this is a game where you could utilize him more. So I wouldn't, I still don't think he'll, he'll jump those two guys, but it's, more likely to me than it was on thursday
1: yeah this this to me is a game where you need all the help in pass coverage that you can get um whether that's playing three safeties deep like we've seen some other teams do this year playing dan henley instead of the other guys and for what it's worth i did think that uh nick neiman had a good day in coverage like i think he's a, a solid coverage linebacker to to pair with kenneth murray but um you know the potential of dan henley maybe that wins out but um, not having Eric Kendricks in this one, officially being ruled out with his hamstring injury, I think you just got to take some chances back there. Um, let Kenneth Murray, down Henley, whoever's in the game, blitz. You know, get some opportunities to make plays on the football because, like, you have nothing to lose. Literally, nothing to lose in this game if you're Brandon Staley. Right. Go out there, take chances, break tendencies, be that creative play caller that we've seen when he's been backed into a corner, and hopefully, you can do enough to get after Kirk Cousins, create some turnovers, and at least limit the passing attack uh, that the Vikings have downfield.
2: Yeah, we were chatting it up with Sean Syed about this game. And I'm at the point where the defense, I no longer expect it to be elite. I'm not even sure if it's going to be good. But don't just be, you know, bend or bust. Let's do boomer bust. Let's get something going. You know, every other drive, it's a sack that brings up a long third down and they're forced to punt. Or you get that interception or a force of fumble, and maybe you give up explosive plays along the way. But well, that's better than just giving up short plays and then the explosive plays. So, boomer bust, go for it. Like you said, they have nothing to lose. Yeah. This is it. You know, it's not literally, statistically, completely over if you lose, but it basically is. Um, so, yeah, go for broke. Go for broke. Yeah, I, uh, I'm of the same
1: mindset. On the Chargers offense, uh, Austin Eckler is officially out with an ankle sprain. Um, there's been a ton of ridiculous discourse on social media this week about Austin Eckler, um, who confirmed on Wednesday via the Pick a Side podcast that he is dealing with a high ankle sprain. Um, this is an, an injury that usually takes about a month to heal from. Um, so I'm not really sure when this change happened, Brandon City was asked about it yesterday, if it was, speci- if it was specifically a high ankle sprain and he just said, it's an ankle sprain. So the tone changed a, a little bit from my understanding of the situation. Um, but there were a lot of people who were making arguments that Austin Eckler was sitting out because he's trying to stick it to the organization, which I think is ridiculous because this man is playing on a, highly incentivized contract this year He it's the final year of his contract he is quite literally losing millions and millions of dollars by not playing like this is a guy who has so much money tied into his potential production and you miss a month of the season that production is the chances of him making that money back are completely gone so the fact that there are people out there um arguing that Austin Eckler is intentionally sitting games to me is ridiculous he is legitimately dealing with a high ankle sprain and the Chargers are going to have to adjust without him again
2: yeah I don't I don't think he's hoping for some Le'Veon Bell situation which didn't work out where he sits out and then if he wanted to
1: sit out he would have done that already he would have not shown up to OTAs training camp all of that
2: yeah no he I don't I can't imagine, honestly, the, the best contract he might get next year if he were to get one could be, well, I wouldn't say from the Chargers, but like maybe some more value there. I don't know. Whatever. He has $1.8 million in incentives to play on the field this year. Will he get them? Like when we talked about it last time, making the Pro Bowl, which he never has. Um, yeah. I don't think so. Will he surpass all his numbers? At this point, if he's missing a couple of games, I don't think so. But he does have incentives to be out there. $1.8 million in million dollars in reasons to be out there so this whole discourse around him being like this it just doesn't I get that there wasn't many holdout earlier in the season but like it got worked out and just thinking of Austin Eckler in general and who he's been since he joined the Chargers in 2017 like does this really seem like him it doesn't really strike me as the person that would fake this injury and hold out or whatever and again i believe did that article come from mike florio which one the one about the the report of the running backs holding out and like
1: yeah that was that was by mike florio that was reported from the zoom call that the running backs had but
2: mm-hmm. it was just an
1: idea like it, it was just thrown out there that uh, it was one of the ideas that the running backs were throwing out there to maximize leverage but you're asking guys to intentionally sit games and when their contracts are so heavily incentivized, like you think Saquon Barkley is intentionally getting injured so he can miss out on $3 million of incentives. Like,
2: come on. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly over the Austin Eckler discourse throughout the entire offseason and this season. I just, yeah. he'll be, he'll be back out there when he can. I'm sure he'd love to be. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't he get hurt in the middle of the dolphins game and then come back and play yeah. in that game? Yes. Like you could have set yourself out there. But he came back yes. in. So, yeah, it's he is one of the
1: most like, forward thinking, business driven players on the team. The, his best chance of maximizing his earning potential next year with the Chargers or somewhere else is for him to play this year, have an amazing season, and maximize your value. And then you see what happens next year. You know, now the narrative is going to be like he's an older running back, he just got injured. You know, like this is terrible for Austin Eckler's financial future. Like he Mm -hmm. wants to play to maximize his financial opportunities. It's just mind blowing to me that this is where we're at with the the discourse around Austin Eckler. And like you said, like this is a former undrafted free agent who has done nothing but like put his best foot forward out there. He's got way too much pride to to fake an injury or do anything like that.
2: Yeah, and he would be proving everyone in the running back market or the the teams in the running back market, correct? Like, why would we pay you money? Because look, you reach the certain carries threshold or touches threshold, and you're getting hurt again. Like, you're falling off, you're whatever. So it's like, he wants to help the running back market. This isn't the way to do that. Sitting out and looking like you're hurt and that you shouldn't invest in running backs is not a way to help the running back market out. Yeah,
1: 100%. So in terms of on the field, this is obviously going to be a Joshua Kelly game. I talked to Matthew Caller this week of Purple Insider. He expects the Vikings to have a similar game plan of of trying to dare the Chargers to run the football and stick to that game plan. Um, So this is a big spot for Joshua Kelly. I'm expecting a big game um, from him. I, I am curious to see what kind of happens with the RB2 situation with Elijah Dotson and Isaiah Spiller. Neither really got a ton of touches last week because it was the Titans. Theoretically, this week, all three running backs should touch the ball more than they did last week against the Titans. Because the Vikings are going to invite that kind of approach as a similar fashion that we saw in week one.
2: Yeah, that RB2 situation is a whole (laughs) other discussion that we sort of talked about on the Chargers channel. And we have been talking about since we surprisingly saw uh, Dotson get four carries and Spiller just the one. Not that either was really good and the other one was really bad. It was just kind of, hey, there's the Titans, and nobody got really anywhere in that game. The Kelly one, it's a big spot, and it's a bad Vikings rushing defense versus a very good Chargers rushing offense. Say what you will about the Chargers interior in pass protection, particularly last week. They're really good at running the football, and they're really good at run blocking. Regardless of what you think about pass pro and assignments and passing things off, they're great in the run game. So I think it should be a good Kelly game. For me, I'm looking at really the very, if it comes down to it, end of game situations, got to have a situations where both the last two games, it was Joshua Kelly. And I'm not saying that they didn't score because of Joshua Kelly, but there's just a certain X factor that Austin Eckler has. that someone like Joshua Kelly does not have that. And that's no knock on Kelly. Eckler's just done that since he walked into the league. So in those situations where maybe you have to pass it, Or you need to check it down or whatever. You know, who does that go to? Is it Kelly? Is it Dotson? Or is it Spiller? Like who who does that go to? Who is that assigned to this week? They should see success. Um, I I think Kelly should have a big game. I I think that they should honestly lean on the run game. It's 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 like, I don't know, any team last like if the Brown, like the Browns against the Chargers last year, kind of, where look, dude. You get the best rushing attack in the league or one of the best ones in the league and a very bad rushing attack across from you. Just run it, dude. I don't care what you paid Herbert. And if that Vikings offense or defense can't stop you, lean into it. And I, did, yeah. I know you Eckler, but like the line's going to get it done this week. It's very different. That Titans defense is a completely different thing than this Vikings front that is also down Davenport. So run it. Go for it.
1: Yeah, this is a a great spot for the Chargers' offensive line. You know, uh, again, not the Titans' defensive front, which could arguably has the best defensive line in the league. Um, You know, this this Vikings' defensive line is Daniel Hunter and not really much else. You know, Harrison Phillips is is a solid run defender, but this should be a spot where the Chargers' offensive line really shows out. And um, you know, again, talking to Matthew Collar, you you pointed out that Daniel Hunter. Sacks from this week—they were really coverage sacks, according to Matthew Collar Because what would happen is that the Vikings would put everybody at the at the line, drop eight, and then Jalen Hurts just had nowhere to throw, and so it was ultimately coverage sacks. So this should be a spot where the Chargers offensive line does really, really well. Of course, there could be some Brian Flores blitzes that confuse them. I hope that's not the case, given what we, the kind of track record we have of the Brian Flores defenses, but. Um. Yeah. This this should be a, a spot where the offensive line bounces back. Um. Real quick, the Jamari Sawyer feature for the All In episode this week. So good. The part where he's talking about <laughs> being able to go to the bank, bank. and take out his whole check <laughs> because he's a six round pick. That was hilarious. This was a great episode. I, I, Jamari just has such a great personality and uh I, i'm really glad that they decided to showcase him and joshua kelly this week in the Allen episode
2: yeah when in doubt when you're owing to what do you do you put the two most likable personalities <laughs> on the team in front of the the camera and jamar yeah. i mean hilarious like hey yeah. i all the starters i'm the only one who can go to the bank and pull all his money out It's like that's yeah. pretty funny food with an exclamation point as alex points out in his little like presentation thing too i love yeah yeah, yeah yeah jamari's great joshua kelly yeah, I, I it blew my mind because I, I saw where he was being interviewed when he was sitting on a hill and it looked so familiar. And I realized it was Huntington Beach Central Library, which is where I, I grew up. And I used to go there for like, I'm a really big nerd. So I, I read a lot. <laughs> my, my parent, my mom would take my sisters and I to like the library every week. And we'd turn in like how many books we read or whatever. <laughs> um, So I, that was like my childhood library. So to see him go there, it nice. was awesome. I don't know why they were there. Like maybe he lives in, around Huntington Beach. I have
3: no idea. I would imagine
1: most of them live down there, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was cool to see. All right. Huntington Library. Sounds like a good spot. Um, all right. Let's 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 transition here. Uh, let's do our prize picks of the week. Um, uh, again, this is a, a new segment, new sponsorship for us on the show. Um, check out prizepicks.com slash guilty using the code guilty for a deposit match up to $100 on your first deposit um hopefully you guys took advantage of some of the thursday night numbers um you know specifically like the nick bosa sack line was was a good one um my favorite one is joshua kelly this week um no surprises here he's at 61.5 rushing yards on prize picks that to me is an easy more selection um I, i am expecting a big joshua kelly day um what do you make of justin herbert's passing line this week prize picks has him at 283 passing yards I would not be surprised if that was more, but considering I could see them leaning on the run game, I could also see that being less this week. What do you make of, of Justin's line and who's your favorite other pick?
2: Well, my favorite other pick was Joshua Kelly. As soon Sorry. as I saw <laughs> that one and the one with um, 19.5 rushing yards in his first five carries, um, that feels like a more given just everything about the Vikings defense, charges, rushing attack. Um, and I think he could be efficient enough to get that done unless it's unfortunately like four goal line carries or something, but we'll see. Um, Herbert with those numbers, I think is a more, I think that you can, if, if it, it, it might not come in 60 yard chunks, right. But I think you can start working through enough yak opportunities where you can get some of these things underneath. Uh, hopefully it's a Quentin Johnston couple of receptions here and there for a couple of extra yards. I think more there feels okay. And last week, I don't remember why I forgot this, but I mean, Herbert had over 300 yards against the Titans. So I think that you can yeah. hit them more again against the Vikings this week. Yeah, they certainly
1: could, you know, chunk their way to a big day for Justin Herbert. Um, shock of the day for me. Uh, Justin Jefferson's line is only at 101.5. Yeah. Um, yeah that's that's a more for sure
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, wow uh, as much as i I would
1: love to see that not be the case 101 that's that's a pretty low bar in my opinion like in Um, a
2: quarter no (laughs) just kidding
1: (laughs) (laughs) um did you see the thing that if he hits 150 yards he'd be the first player in nfl history to open the season with three 150 yard games
2: Congratulations, Justin Jefferson. You <laughs> Congratulations, man. I'm so proud of you. Really happy for you. You're going to hit that number. I'm so proud of you, dude.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, as much as I would love to see that not be the case, I, I expect Justin Jefferson to go over uh, more than 101 receiving yards this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Traylon Brooks almost did. Uh, <laughs> I feel like <clears throat> it, it's going to be one or two things. 15 or 300. I don't think there's anything in the middle yeah. of this <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Like either JC Jackson has a revolutionary game and should immediately be considered for all pro or they give up 300 receiving guards. I don't think there's really a the middle here, man.
1: They just completely shut him down or he just goes off. Uh, yeah. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Shout out to Justin Jefferson though. He's amazing. Um, all right, let's get to our weekly NFL picks here. I hope that looks like all the guys have them in so far. Nice. Mm. Everybody got them in. Cool. All right, we'll start with Arjun. Um, Arjun has the Ravens, the Jets, and the Chiefs this week. Um, he has the Vikings winning 31 to 28. Uh, Alex Katzen has the Lions, the Titans, the Patriots, and the Chargers winning 32 to 26. Uh, Alex Insdorf has <laughs> what a I, number. <laughs> I don't know. A strange number. I, I, I get it. I respect it, I guess. Ainsdorf um, has uh, the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Eagles, and the Vikings winning thirty to 27. You said you haven't decided, so I'll go first here. Um, <laughs> I have the Chiefs beating the Bears. The Bears are a hot mess uh, so far this week. So expect the Chiefs to win there. Underdogs were there weren't a ton of great options for me. Um, you know, I, I thought about going with the Steelers, but that offense is is, is a mess. So um, the Rams. Oh, that should say who do the Rams play? Not Chicago. That should not say Chicago. I do not know who they play. I forget now. But I'm taking the Rams over whoever they're playing. <laughs> um, and then I'm taking the Seahawks over the Panthers. Uh, Panthers starting Andy Dalton this week uh, should not be great over there. It's in Seattle as well. Um Bengals, thank you Alex. That should say Cincinnati. Rams over Cincinnati. Oh. Gotcha. Um so Chargers wise, I I think this is a game that the Chargers should win. I think this is a game that should put them in a good spot offensively. Um really like the pass defense is the one weakness that I'm concerned about and that's that's a big concern. Um I, my logic this week is basically just you got to show me, you know, I Thought mm-hmm. the Chargers would be 2 0 at this point. I picked them to be the Dolphins. I picked them to be the Titans. I just don't know how much trust I have in them being able to close out this kind of game. I expect the Vikings to be able to put up points. I expect the Chargers to be able to put, to put up points. um but I, I just can't trust the Chargers right now. So I am going with the Vikings in a high scoring affair. Similar to Alex, I'll say. 32 uh 31 excuse me to 28 so i do think the chargers cover for what it's worth um but i'm going with the vikings to to win this game until the chargers prove otherwise i I, i'm kind of just in prove it mode right now for me yeah no i completely
2: understand it's um so you're going minnesota winning 31 31 to 28 yeah i get it um so anyway for my league picks uh, I didn't go with the easy slam dunks like Mr. Alex Insdorf over here. Nice job. Dallas and Philly in Pittsburgh. Way to pick the three uh, gimme's for the week. <laughs> um, I mean, I picked Philly. Don't get me wrong. But I got Atlanta upsetting Detroit and Miami beating the Denver Broncos. Just wanted to pick some different games than the other guys. So yeah. went with those. Um, good Lord. I still haven't decided at this point what I'm going to do. And <laughs> I got to the end of the show. It's been 26 minutes and 24 seconds. And I don't know which way I'm going to go. The thing with this game, at the end of the day, is that I don't, I don't trust my Chargers. But I, I've seen the Vikings, and I don't see where the Vikings, other than maybe being at home, I just don't see where they have the advantage. I don't think it's like a, they, their defense is not better. I don't think their offense is better. I don't think they have a hell. Of, uh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's an obvious head coaching advantage. I don't think it's like Vrabel, for example, or I don't know, like even McDaniel. I don't know if it's a yeah. coaching advantage because Staley did beat him the last time. But, you know, Vrabel as a head coach, I think is by far, you know, one of the best guys in the league. I don't know about O'Connell just yet. So, you know, give me the Ryan Ficken revenge game. <laughs> give me the, uh, give me the, and yes. uh, who else is it? Somebody else? I don't know. I'm going to go with the Chargers winning the same score as you, but they're going to win 31-28 instead of lose 31-28. Oh, that's equals. Nope, not that. 31-28. A- and this is it. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to pick them to win. I'll pick them to win next week against the Raiders because they stink. I'm going to pick them to lose against the Cowboys and the Chiefs and like almost every other team after the bye. But this one, I, I just don't see the Vikings have the clear advantage It's an extra turnover that the Chargers don't give away, you know. One that they can get. They have the better quarterback. I think the better defense. Their rushing attack is something that can take advantage of the a very poor Vikings run defense. I don't trust this defense, Chargers defense whatsoever, and I think they'll give up 28, and we're gonna hate it. I think the Chargers will run, you know, get like a 90 yard touchdown drive off of you know ten different five yard runs from Joshua Kelly and then give up a touchdown in one play the next drive. But, you know, I still think they're going to pull this one off. I just think they have enough advantages, even by slight amounts in each area, that I think they can pull this off.
1: Yeah, I I agree with your logic 100%. I think the Chargers should <laughs> win this game. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally makes sense, like what you're saying. Um, as long as you can at least not, like, completely get destroyed by Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson, you should be able to score enough points against this vikings defense i, I you just got to prove it to me first like that's where i'm at and um you know so we're we all five of us picked the chargers to win each of the last two weeks this week tyler and alex Katzen have the chargers winning while myself and alex and arjun have the vikings winning so obviously hope i'm wrong um rooting for a win that would be great i'm sick of talking about losses i would love to have some positive stuff to talk about uh on a mm-hmm. live reaction show um so hopefully the chargers are are able to take advantage of their uh their matchups this week and uh, come out victorious
2: I'm very curious what the cause I know like oh and three only one team has made it in so many years I am curious what is the percent increase of teams that are one in three like what is it what are the odds that one in three teams make it because like they might very well lose this week I think they'll beat the Raiders. So how many one in three teams make the postseason is my question. Um, either way, I think if they lose this week. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I honestly, deep down in my heart, I think this season is cooked. Unless the Chargers figure out how to score 35 a game, which I don't know, maybe. But I don't know. I, I think they'll win this. I think they'll win this game. But I think the season's kind of cooked. That's kind of how I feel about this year right now. That's, that's brutal. And September, it's been two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> It's September 23rd. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I forget who posted it. I, I'm pretty sure it was somebody from Sumer sports who posted a like playoff leverage graphic. I don't know if you saw that. Um, I think the chargers with a win increased their playoff probability by like 20%. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know if anybody else has seen this graphic. I, I don't know if I made that up or not. I'm pretty sure I saw it um but yeah it, it's uh one and two is a much better spot two and two is a really good spot in terms of playoff percentages um you just you can't be on four because own four it own four is is quite literally like that's it like that's zero percent of teams who have started on mm-hmm. four or have made the playoffs so um charges came really close in 2017 yeah own four is extremely difficult to bounce back from
2: yeah no Uh, they go if they go zero and four if they like i said if they lose to the raiders my dad's just gonna jump on the show for me and just (laughs) my dad and steven are just gonna hang out and talk about whatever and you know i have nothing to add i i have nothing creative or useful or constructive to add yeah i would i would
1: say my dad could hop on but i i don't think my dad can would be able to like handle the technology aspect of live streaming
2: (laughs) that's
1: rough <laughs> shout out to my dad love him but uh <laughs> yeah.
2: dad's catching strays today
1: man I think my parents are a little bit older than yours so um technology is kind of a struggle for them
2: yeah maybe i'm not gonna mention it on there especially if my mom doing a super chat <laughs> thanks mom um, yeah we're so my parents, there's Got no it. way they could ever figure out how to do a super chat <laughs> fair enough fair enough
1: all right, uh, so it is QA time, so feel free to uh send those questions if you guys haven't already. We'll get to some of them. Um, appreciate the super chats in advance. Um, that being said, I do have to tell you about some of our partners. Uh, this year we are partnering with Ticketmaster, it's obviously more fun to be in person for, for football, in my opinion. I, I love attending games, whether that's the Chargers or Utah. Um, whenever I need tickets, Ticketmaster is where I go, it's the easiest. Uh, app to use in my opinion it's the official marketplace of the chargers and the nfl gives you more ways to find your perfect seat their interactive seat map gives everybody a 360 degree preview of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays on game day if your your plans change you can uh, transfer or sell your tickets pretty easily and mobile tickets make getting in and out of game day a breeze and you can even customize the Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Chargers. Again, that's, that is Ticketmaster.com slash Chargers.
2: Go to the game next week. I don't care if they're 0-3. I don't want to be by myself next week at facing the Raiders and the Raiders takeover. Use Ticketmaster. Go. Go to the game. Don't leave me by myself. Again, fights happen at every game, guys. It just happens. Sometimes happens at Raiders games. Sometimes it's Patriots or Chiefs or Broncos. It's all the same. You're fine. I've never been in a fight at the games against the Raiders. Go, please, Ticketmaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Want to do the other one, Tyler? Oh, sure. <sighs> um, all right, we gotta talk about our sponsor a little after that. After that endorsement. <laughs> Uh, here to talk to you about our other sponsor, Little Caesars, um, the, the pizza that got me through my entire teenage adolescent years. Uh, make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online using our pizza pizza pregame one hour before NFL games and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: there we go shout out to uh price picks Ticketmaster, and little Caesars here all right we'll go to some of these questions. um I forgot that we were gonna do this as a segment uh bold predictions for tomorrow um Tyler what kind of bold prediction do you have for the game tomorrow outside of predicting the win
2: wow I think that's not a <laughs> bold prediction geez that's more that's where a jab at the team than you man <laughs> yeah no no I know totally 100 percent um I'll say Joshua Kelly. Give me a buck twenty-five total yards. Ooh, nice, love it. That
1: would that would quantify as as a big day for Joshua Kelly. Um, bold prediction. I'm gonna say the Chargers defense gets one interception this week. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is that?
2: Geez. Hey man, they're they're in a bad spot.
1: One interception would be huge.
2: Yeah. Oh, Alex stole it from me. I was gonna say uh, Quentin Johnson plays 11 snaps this week. Um, Stole it right from me. Uh, What What's the line at for Quentin Johnson snaps this week? Is it like
1: 10 and a half? Feels fair considering last week. God.
2: (laughs) He should play way more. He's getting open. Throw him the ball. Yeah. A fumble by Bosa. Guys, this is like one play. This is like one play happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. two interceptions by jc jackson i like that that's interesting that'd be great yeah all right uh next one here from
1: alex s do you think Flores' disguises for this coverage slash blitzes are going to give herbert trouble he says he has faith in his vision and processing but but he's also still trying to get the new offense down
2: i think this is the week we see them put it mostly together as a passing attack. And I think you see the most rhythm and comfort with Justin Herbert, especially with the way the, the back end of the secondary, the Vikings is going to be playing. I think that invites a lot of stuff right over the, whoever's blitzing or however they're mixing and matching things. Um, To me, it's more about the offensive line handling it than it is Herbert.
1: Yeah. I, I think we've seen the Chargers kind of struggle with some blitz packages at inopportune moments. Um, whether that's just because the, the dolphins and Titans don't really blitz a whole lot, I think could have contributed there. Um, they, they'll be ready because the Vikings blitz a lot. Like they're going to have protection plans ready to rock this week. Um, I do trust the the offensive line and the backs and the tight ends to maximize it. And, you know, Kelmore is going to have a whole week to prepare for this kind of stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. maybe we see more rollouts. So we Maybe we see more play action shots. Um, I do expect the Chargers to to handle the Flores disguises pretty well this week.
2: Yeah, I think we could see, if they decided to dial it up, kind of like what they did against the Cardinals last year. Granted, that was like 17 points, but that was Joe Lombardi. Um, I, I think that the the way that Herbert played in that game, it was masterful. They didn't put up a ton of points, but hitting the outs when he needed to, getting it to Keenan Allen when he needed to, when there was a free rusher, kind of like that. I could see that being the case if the, if the Vikings decided to play aggressive. Yeah.
1: Um, Jacob Finasso, can Thule play himself into an even more increased role with a healthy Bosa? I think this is a situation where Thule should definitely earn more snaps. Um, you know, Khalil Mack has not been super productive as a pass rusher to this point. Um, ESPN has him at a 0% win rate, which to me is is, is pretty harsh. Um, there have been some quality reps in there. I mean, he had six pressures against the Dolphins, according to BFF. Um, I think they have him at like 7.5%. So it's not like he's playing amazingly. Maybe some of that is is just being a little bit too worn down a little bit. Um, I, I would like to see this essentially be, if Thule pl- continues to play well, which I think he should, I would like this to be an essentially like a three-way split between Thule, Bosa, and Mac. I think that keeps everybody fresh. I think that keeps everybody efficient. the The thing I would be careful with is that Thule does still need to. He needs to improve as a, like a pure edge rusher, as somebody who can turn the corner, bend, you know, win one on one situations against like true passing downs against offensive tackles. So it's not like Thule is 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 there yet as a pure edge rusher. Like he's making an impact in a lot of ways, and it's been fun, fantastic to see. But Joey is still like their best pure pass rusher on the edge. And I'm not sure it's particularly close. So you still need Joey to to go out there and, and play a lot because he's the he's the guy that can win one-on-ones against offensive tackle most frequently uh, at this current time.
2: Yeah, I I'd agree. I like what Alex is talking about. You know, keep putting Thule next to Bosa. Yes, I can see that. I'm curious how much Chris Rom coming back eats and see how much Thule plays. Not that yeah. I think Chris is ahead of Thule at this point, but, you know, there, there is some aspect where it might be Chris instead of Thule out there in a couple of instances. Um, yeah, when Bosa's healthy, I think it's just more, how much more can we get Thule on the field with Bosa, not how much can we take Bosa off the field um, to put more Thule in? Yeah,
1: um, I, I think you want to take some snaps away from Khalil uh, as soon as Joey's healthy, too. Um. Next question here from Demetrius Jones. Do y'all think there's some things this team is holding back on until after the buy to really
2: take off? What do you think there? No. <laughs> I mean, they could get better. Don't get me wrong. I, I think that, like, yeah, they could, you know, I don't know. No, no. Like, the, the job is on the line. You have to win. So if you're holding something back, do it and win, you know? But, like, yeah. at, at this point, no. No, I, I don't think there's anything being held back. I think the offense hasn't gotten there yet. Like, I think the offense has to keep building. So I think there's more to see from the offense, but it's not because they're holding things back. It's just because they need to progress to that point.
1: Yeah. Offensively, this is, you're going to add more to the plate as the season goes along because it's just like a natural progression. We saw that in 2021, even with Joe Lombardi, that there were more things that they added every single week. Um, I don't think that's necessarily them holding back. You know, um, I think there are some young players who will play more after the bye week. Um, I think things will be settled at certain positions after the bye week. Um, Like the secondary, I I can't imagine the secondary rotation continues past the bye week. Um, You know, I I think this is a situation you're going to see settled. So like personnel rotation, things are going to be settled after the bye. They'll have some things that they'll adapt to after the bye, but um, holding them back. I don't I don't think they're saving anything. I think it's just kind of a natural progression that happens after the buy. Yeah, I agree. Um, NSN said that Brett Coleman did a film analysis of Justin Herbert this week said he actually played better than stats looked.
2: Receivers made mistakes too. Cool. I so. uh had issues trying to download the film from that game, so I've not been able to watch the all 22. So great, great for Brett Coleman doing that. I did, I missed that one.
1: um similar question we've gotten this in a variety of ways but justin wells wants to know if we think the secondary issues are more of coaching issues or execution issues
2: i mean it's it seems like it's both you know if you ask them in the pre-game or post-game pressers or media availability it's well i should have played this leverage or played this way or played that way or played this way um So it seems like they know what the DBs should be doing uh, and the DBs aren't doing it. But at the same time, that's a coaching issue and it's a rotation issue. And you're at the point where Michael Davis is saying to the media, I can't get into a rhythm and being playing corners about getting into a rhythm. And that's that's coaching, not necessarily coaching, but like a personnel decision that is made by Brandon Staley and the coaches. So it's everything, unfortunately. You don't get that bad. You don't get 32nd in the NFL if it's just just execution.
1: Yeah, I, there, it, it's a bit of both. Um, you know, like Brandon Staley has pointed out that the, uh, at least two Tyree Kilbig plays and the Traylon Burks play were uh, the Chargers cornerbacks not playing leverages correctly. Um, so there is some credence to that. Um, but this is three years. Like this is, this is year three and we're still seeing the same issues. So to me, like we've talked about at some point, you as the coach have to change the way that you're teaching these players to handle these situations and make some adjustments. So Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it is a bit of both, but I would say majority of it is coaching issues at this point. Yeah. All right. I'll take a few more questions. Um, some questions about next year. It's still week three. I don't really want to get into next year at this point. Respectfully, appreciate you guys asking the
2: questions, but it's still September. Ah, uh, yeah, we're a day from we're 24 hours, 27 hours, I guess, away from having a whole different feeling.
1: Uh, lots of preseason talk over this week, Tyler. Has the way the chargers have started this year changed your mind at all about like the importance of
2: preseason snaps. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like they haven't really gone into the season with Staley having the DBs like completely settled. I feel, I feel like, I don't know. It's tough because they haven't, they've have not played before in the preseason outside of Zont playing a bit. Davis playing a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think as far as the offense goes, I think it's just more new offense. As far as the defense goes, I I don't really see why they're having struggles in year three at this point of the same scheme of like same like nobody's different outside of Kendricks, who's played forty million snaps in the league. So I I I think there's a case to be made that it's more about. The preseason stuff to be more important for deciding who is the starter and rolling with it from there. You know, we're now like, oh, yeah, by the way, Jaws is the starter in the slot now. It's like, what, what the hell what are happened? we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, and by the way, Zant outplayed him. So, yeah. and you didn't, but you didn't let Zant play in the preseason, which was strange, right. to maybe show that he could play the run. You know, I don't really know what happened unless they just like him more outside, the whole situation is just is just strange. So I think that in particular is the only justification in my mind is you decide your rotations in the preseason and then you start and you go. And then I don't know, I guess if things are awful, you can change. But this rotation of who's it this week, who's it that week, now Jaws our starter. Like it's just it's a whole mess that should have been decided before week one.
1: My thing with the preseason snaps is that I just want consistent decision making like on this thing, because to me, if Zion and Jamari are playing preseason snaps, then Asante should play preseason snaps. Kenneth Murray should play preseason snaps. Um, you know, Asante is in a new position just like Zion and Jamari are. Kenneth Murray's in a new role just like Zion and Jamari are. So like if your thought process is like, okay, let's get our guards snaps in games because they're playing a new spot shouldn't that qualify over to everybody else like I I don't have any issue with Herbert and Keenan and Derwin and like Rashawn not playing in the preseason I I don't see the point in that personally but like players who need reps at new positions should all play every single one of them and that includes defensive starters so that's been my thing about the preseason is that like you mentioned, if you're trying to sort out positions, if you're trying to really sort out competitions, then those guys should be playing in the preseason. Like, that's my thing. Now I don't care about Justin and all those guys not playing.
2: Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. Um,
1: what adjustments can we realistically expect to see from the defense this week? Coverages, player rotation, matchups, etc. cetera. This from chorizo uh, con papas.
2: Uh, maybe they'll double cover Dustin uh, <laughs> Jefferson this week. That'd be really cool. Um, not that I expect O'Connell to just sit there and, and line up Jefferson to one side and let him run into double coverage every play. But you know, hopefully, look, there's a possibility that Jordan Addison roasts the Chargers this week. But just make it anybody but Justin Jefferson. I I think (laughs) that just has to be what it is for the Chargers this week. You know, you can pray that Hawkinson and Addison are stopped by the rest of your guys. But if nothing else, don't let it be Justin Jefferson. I think that's the only real defensive change that we see. I think they continue to lean into what they did last week with the defensive line. And hopefully they just play better in the secondary. Um, I am curious if it's a bit more settled now. Especially the naming jaw the starter there in the slot so i don't know the whole jc davis thing we'll see i don't know if zon can keep up with jefferson i'll tell you that much yeah you got
1: to have help over justin jefferson at all times
2: i think this could be a game where we see
1: just more consistent shell coverages from the chargers you know they they like to do cover one at times they like to do quarters quarter quarter half which is kind of ways to you know isolate one side of the field and send help that way i wouldn't be surprised if we just saw a low and jt Woods just kind of shell coverage that whole back part of the game and just try and you know do your best to uh limit the explosive plays deep so i would love to see them do some more creative things but i think just simplify it a little bit play some shell coverages let derwin play in the middle a little bit let Alohi and jt woods kind of handle things deep and and provide some support. So from a personnel standpoint, like I think you got to play JT Woods a lot because I think that you just need some help back there that um, one safety simply cannot provide by himself.
2: Okay. JT Woods, you got it, buddy. <laughs> you got it, man. Hopefully. Hey man, great time for an interception.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he get a super chat from uh, Joseph Levine? If the Chargers lose, do you think we see an immediate coaching change? If yes, then it makes it kind of hard to root for the Chargers to win. Uh, no, I do not see an immediate coaching change happening.
2: No, no. I mean, I think I think. speaking of hypotheticals, if there were one, I think they'd have to be like so far like in the negatives mathematically eliminated for that to happen. But no, I don't. If they lose this game, no, I don't see anything happening. Uh, Nimus how has the special teams been? Very
1: good. Uh, Ryan Ficken is amazing at his job. Um, (laughs) That's what makes the defense so frustrating because we finally fixed the special teams and now the defense can't figure itself out. So, yeah, uh, special teams has been good. I would have liked to see Darius Davis make maybe a little bit more of an impact last week considering he got some chances. So Mm -hmm. um, maybe that is something that we can improve upon. But I think J.K. Scott has been good. We've seen Cameron Dicker hit from 50 yards now. Um, he's been really consistent and good. Um, so I, I think special teams has been really, really playing at a high level right now.
2: Yeah, they're, they're playing well enough that I don't know what they are in DVOA. Whereas in 2020, I used to track <laughs> in, and 2021. <laughs> we used to track how far they would move. Like, is it 32 or is it 30 this week? Yeah,
3: I mean, <laughs> maybe 28. 29. Wow, yeah. Wow.
2: We did it. And that's because they finally like didn't shank one. So, yeah, yeah I I, I, I no longer know. I
1: remember in uh in 2021 they put Nas back at Returner and they had like a good a good couple kickoff returns Uh and that moved the Chargers up to like 28 yeah that was like one of the first things I tweeted about on on Monday morning was that the fact that they moved (laughs) up to 28. (laughs) I'm sure I got a billion likes too like
2: wow yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) so Ryan Ficken has been a, a legitimate godsend for the Chargers all right thomas martinez says if justin jefferson is held under under 100 yards will you both eat an entire personal pumpkin pie live i did that last year i'm not doing pumpkin pie again (laughs) but i'm down for another punishment
2: just not pumpkin pie um yeah i don't know if i want to do that i'm gonna throw up and at school the next day um here's the thing justin jefferson might have 99 yards it's just do the other receivers have 350 yards potentially so yeah i don't know hmm if he's hell under 100 yards we eat an entire pumpkin pie live Uh, i'll consider something that's not an entire pumpkin pie (laughs) yeah that's like
1: 2500 calories of sugar also (laughs) like you're trying to send us to an early
2: grave man Well, the Chargers are, you know, accelerating the inevitable as a Chargers fan. A whole small Little Caesars pizza. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Oh, man. When I was in high school,
1: um, when we played football on on Fridays, our coaches would go get us Little Caesars pizzas as like Mm -hmm. carb overload. You know, we'd get get them at like three o'clock in the afternoon. If you played on the offensive or defensive line, you got your own personal pizza. It was... (laughs) Was a lot, and uh, I, I've only been able to eat like a full pizza by myself like a couple of times, and like you have to like not eat lunch and everything. Like
2: it's it's, it gets gross pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's yeah. something. Uh, if the charters shut out the Vikings, will you both shave your head? No, I work with teenagers; they're gonna roast me. No, I no, need no, no. I need I need to head. get bullied at school again. I already went through that. I don't get bullied again. <laughs> By people half my age
1: <laughs> yeah plus your hair you know you've got a good head of hair you know you don't want to lose I don't get rid of it i, I do need a haircut or something fierce but um ld bruin what do you think of staley's decision of astante losing the nickel job after two games when he clearly won the job in camp that's a that's a confusing one it, it really <laughs> is like i understand why you play jaw against the titans like we we expected that because he's a better run defender but then for staley to come out and say that jaw is the starting slot like i don't know man like asante is better outside i get it but Mm -hmm. what was the whole point of the competition
2: (laughs) yeah i mean we're gonna cross train oh my gosh yeah i know it's so like in vogue and so cool and we're gonna cross train and have these guys learn different positions and outside and inside and safety and all that and then your secondary has no idea what it's doing so it's cool in theory but in practice it has not worked and i just and i I kind of brought this up back you know a few months ago like hey zant was the starter to open up camp michael davis played better and then they still went to zant anyway on the outside last year kind of same thing this year john was a starter to open zant was better almost the entire time and then now they're just back to john the slot and i'm not saying that's Bad idea to have him be the guy in the slot. It's just again, wish we would have figured this out. And I don't know what we saw. Like, was he terrible against the Dolphins? I don't I don't remember. And I don't know if you would definitively know that Jaw's better. I don't know that this is the week I would have <laughs> taken but Jaw as the starter. Like respectfully, I think this is a, a zont Davis JC kind of trio. And just, just roll with it. I I just think that you can't have Asante Samuel Jr. do what he did in camp, and then just go, "nah, it's fine." You know, (laughs) but they did. It's it's kind of it's a surprise, (laughs) and so you know, I'm not against any decision that ends up working in the end. I guess you know it's only stupid if it doesn't work, but it's not working so far.
1: Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. Like Asante is better on the outside. I, I think that much is clear about him personally, but he's a better slot defender, at least against the past than Jaw is. And I think like you mentioned, this is a game where you would want your best coverage defenders out there. Um, so it's, it's puzzling. The, the whole usage of the secondary this year has been puzzling so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Kernick, KJ KJ Hill at kick returner or Sam Tevy at left tackle. Sam Tevi at ta- left tackle, hundred percent, hundred percent. Sam Tevi at left tackle. His last year was actually like decent, like like you know KJ Hill at kick returner. All due respect, uh, was not great.
2: No, that was a disaster.
1: <laughs> all right, a couple more <laughs> questions here. uh college football talk maybe Sanders and Colorado take their first L today yes I think Oregon's really really good
2: yeah where's Rutgers Michigan at they're tied 7-7 last I saw Alex say it was tied tied with six minutes left I don't know where they are dang Pat McAfee (laughs) Alex
1: said that he'll dye his hair bleach platinum Justin Timberlake blonde if they make the AFC title game
2: Oh, for sure. I'll, listen, I'll I'll do bye bye done, bye. Right or, yeah, whatever, man. I'll do like the the puppet thing, you know, from the music videos. Yeah, you know, you you can dress like somebody. I don't know who who which which sync member you would be. Joey Fatone. There you go. <laughs> Alex. Is, um. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Chase Harper with the super chat. What do you think of the lack of utilization for Quentin
2: Johnston? Um, I'll let you take that one first. Um, I think it's questionable at best. I don't understand why the the utilization has been this way. I would almost get him playing 40 snaps and no targets over just 11 snaps and no targets. Or not no targets, but not really involved. Again, I I don't see... Like, what is the disconnect? What is happening in practice? What did Kellen Moore envision for this offense versus what the front office or the personnel decision makers envision for Quentin Johnston? Because, I, I again, I, I don't understand why Johnson isn't getting these opportunities for working after the catch. Screens, shallow crossers, whatever. I even think, like, in the preseason, I think Johnson's first two targets were a shallow crosser and a screen. Screen that went for negative two. But it was a screen and it was a shallow crosser. And so, yeah. like, where are those? Um, you've actually looked at him, so maybe he was doing some of these shallow crosser, deep over sort of stuff. I'm ju- I'm just surprised. It's Mike Williams is not that guy at this point. A lot of great things Mike Williams can do, and occasionally, you know, we saw some Twitch against the Cowboys in 2021, that sort of thing. But it's not like his routine thing. This is a, this is a Quentin Johnson thing. Um, I, I think this is the week that it has to happen because narratives are going to blow up this week i don't think addison is held to you know sub 50 and i i think johnson needs to have some moments in this game or fans are going to be really frustrated
1: well i think it has to be this game because you are going to play a defense that's really going to try and limit your explosive play opportunity and quentin johnson gives you that the best chance to do that Mm -hmm. um when they threw him that comeback route on the second play of the game against Tennessee, I was like, oh, like this is going to be a Quentin game. Okay, like yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, give him some chances out here. And then he didn't see another target until the second-to-last drive of regulation when they threw him the fade, or was that before that? Was that in the third quarter? I remember it was half um I, was halfway halfway, but... I want to say third. Third quarter sounds right, actually. Now that I think about it. Um, regardless when they threw in the ball in the second play I was like okay cool like this is gonna be a, a, a high involvement game for Quentin Johnston and then he played 11 snaps so it's this is firmly a coaching thing for me like I, I think we know how this re, this front office feels about first round picks playing and I think they would want to see him out there um, but this coaching staff really loves Joshua Palmer and I think some of that is is legitimate I think them lumping him in the same conversation as Keenan and Mike consistently is a little bit much. Um, but they're not even using him. He's getting two, three targets a game, too. So, um, it, you know, it, it's just, I think this offense could benefit a little bit from spreading the usage around. You know, Keenan and and Mike's usage aren't like crazy high, but even Gerald Everett needs more touches. I mean, like, look what Everett can give you after the catch. And, like, again, this week, you need that kind of skill set. So, I, I think that Quentin, if you're telling me that Joshua Palmer should play more than Quentin, I get it to a certain extent, but Quentin should be playing at least 25 snaps a game, in my opinion, and and give them some more chances at explosive play opportunities, which is, it's not as much of a struggle as last year, obviously, but, you know, Quentin is your guy who's going to give you that best chance of, of doing that.
2: Yeah. There, there's the point a bit here from, from the bench that Palmer has the run blocking, that's probably true. I, I'd assume so. I don't know if you've paid attention to that. I would assume at this point, because Josh Palmer does block well. Um, but yeah, just, again, a bit surprising. But we we saw from week one to week two a bit more of the passing game. I think week three, I don't know, maybe week one was wide receiver one. Week two is wide receiver two. Week three is wide receiver three week. So maybe that'll be the week we start to see more of these other guys involved. Yeah. Um, all right, last question here. Um, Liam has asked this a couple times, so I wanted to get
1: to it. Um, What have you guys thought of Justin Herbert's ability to diagnose at the line of scrimmage and make adjustments in critical moments of the game? I think that this is a work in progress for Justin because this is his first year really doing it like at a consistent level. Um, Kellen Moore really believes in empowering him to have this ability. And in each game, we've seen him check into really great plays. You know, like Mm -hmm. he, he was the one who checked into the empty set, in the first game that got Keenan Allen on a wheel route. And it was Mm -hmm. the biggest play of the game for the Chargers offense. And we've seen some other moments, like against the Titans, where he checked into the Elijah Dotson run on third and four, and he lost a yard. So Mm -hmm. it's been a mixed bag. But I think overall, I think you're seeing Justin make really solid progress in this regard.
2: Yeah, I I wonder, especially with that Dotson one, I think if you're a fan observing, and I, I don't know what Herbert saw, whatever he checked into, you know, as a fan of observing, you go, "Why would you check the dots in there?" And I think maybe Herbert's at the point where, okay, like here's a look. This would make sense. Let's check into run. I think at some point there's maybe some more wiggle room, gray area consideration to maybe who's out there, um, and maybe you don't check into those things or whatever. But you stole the words right out of my mouth. That first play, uh, that I think the deepest pass he's thrown this year so far to uh, to Keenan Allen. Um, that was him. That was him checking out of that. So yeah. It's a work in progress, but you know, let him figure it out. It's not, I mean, it's sure it's cost the team in moments, but it's not like costing the team where they're only putting up 13, 17 points. So let it be a work in progress. Herbert needs to, whatever happens this season, Herbert needs to evolve into, I mean, Phillip Rivers at the line. Like he needs to take that next step um, and get comfortable because there, there's going to be a point where. Maybe Kellen Moore is gone next year because everything got blown up or he gets a head coaching job or whatever. Herbert needs to start kind of being autonomous in the way he can call things at the line because let's say the Chargers are great this year and they go to the playoffs really far in the playoffs. Well, Kellen Moore gets another, another job somewhere else. New offensive coordinator. And if, if Staley's is the coach for years to come, it's always going to be a new offensive coordinator. So Herbert needs to keep developing his own self and how he develops it and sees things at the line on his own because he's not always going to have the same guy um, as his OC for the rest of his career.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I think it's been more good than bad. But mm-hmm. a- against the Dolphins, that play where he almost took the safety, like Katerko, who like couldn't help himself, like he was 100% blitzing, and it was very obvious, like on film, that he was coming up. Mm-hmm. And Justin had already checked to something, and I think he wanted to stick with what he checked to, and that's a situation where I would like to see him maybe figure that part out, um, maybe take a timeout in that situation, because it was a third-and-one critical play, you're backed up. Um, then L.D. points out, too, on the last play that they had in overtime, you're trying to get everybody aligned, it's just some kind of cluster situation, take a timeout like it's okay yeah you don't need you need that play more than you need timeout so Mm -hmm. i think it's been an improvement i think that there has been some really good checks but it's a work in progress for him it's the first year that he's doing it and i think that he'll continue to be okay at it
2: yeah he smart guy um yeah he'll figure it out (laughs) i I hope he doesn't have to keep repeating the cycle of changing coordinators the guy's gonna learn 14 systems by the time his career is over at this rate um which is which is both good and bad so hopefully get out of that yeah for sure all right that was a good one appreciate all the
1: questions today chat was pretty lively so um thank you guys for asking them i apologize if we didn't get to some of those questions that you were really um dying to to ask us but um had some some great conversations today um tyler any final thoughts
2: before we head out uh, say a prayer sacrifice <laughs> whatever man like the season can't end tomorrow I know it technically won't but it can't it can't end tomorrow I need to say something and feel positive and be positive and believe in this team again before they inevitably let me down in a few months but like give me some hope yeah. you know I can't stand my kids talking to me about the Chargers. <laughs> like, your kids are making fun of you yeah, none of them like the chart. Nobody likes the Chargers. They're all a fan of another team. And you know, oh, did you see the Chargers game? Oh, what happened yeah. to the Chargers, Mister June? Yeah, they lost. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully they they pull this one out. And hopefully, you know, if nothing else, hopefully Rutgers pulls up the win over uh, Michigan. I'm an Ohio State fan, sort of by association. So, yeah, um, I'm Team Rutgers today. Yeah, sure yeah just win please uh would love no to more historical here. bad defensive games yes let's great. not make
1: history. <laughs> yes that would be great uh play some a uh, play some average defense that would be fantastic would love to see it. all right guys uh, that's gonna do it for us today we'll be live uh, shortly after the game tomorrow um again hopefully we can have a a positive Winning conversation tomorrow afternoon with all of you. And it would be a lot of fun. Very needed win. I think that would be for the Chargers. So um, that's going to do it for us. As always, we appreciate you. And uh, have, we hope you guys have a good rest of your Saturday. And uh, bolts up. We'll see you later.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.